recorded live in Golden Ox Studios. Welcome to another episode of Friday Late Show. This is a podcast about bombing because everyone does it. This episode is brought to you in part by DelightCafe.com. Calm and balanced. Hemp CBD dietary supplement. Has all the natural properties without the high of feeling of THC. I use it all the time, so I'm so calm. And unless you see me early without my CBD supplement, I put it in my coffee on some mornings. I've even mixed it with ketchup and ate fries with it. Uh, great feeling without the high of marijuana or THC. Go to delightcafe.com and also save 10% by entering the promo code BRUTON. B-R-U-T-O-N. My last name is the promo code. B-R-U-T-O-N for 10% off at delightcafe.com. Also, I'd like to give a big shout out to silentfortuneapparel.com. It's a new streetwear brand I've been rocking. Uh, They have sweatshirts and hoodies I wear a lot, and they have t-shirts available on the website, silentfortuneapparel.com. The brand is dope as hell. Uh, It stands for Silent Hustle and Quiet Grind. That's Silent Fortune. Uh, Also follow them on Instagram, Silent Fortune Mafia. And SilentFortuneApparel.com gave me a promo code. It's Bruton. It's B-R-U-T-O-N. Enter that for 10% off on your purchase. Let you check out. Uh, Rock that new sweatshirt. Even tag me in it if you want. Or also tag Silent Fortune Mafia on Instagram. Um, You know, check them out. And now enjoy the show. On this episode of Friday Late Show, uh, it was a joy to talk to this friend of mine. We met once at a comedy festival. And it was like two children meeting at summer camp. We became friends forever. Uh, very funny comic from uh, St. Louis, Bobby J. Cox. Um, very hilarious dude. He, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends because, you know, when working comics, only like maybe a thousand of us in the country, so you all get to know each other. But we just, since we met, we just became friends and hung out the whole weekend. So it's good to catch up with him during this time. So great conversation about bad shows. Enjoy. I'm just trying to navigate. Where are you right now? That, oh, are you in a bunker? Are you in a bunker? No, I got my office in the basement. And it's it looks uh, beautiful. It's all it's wood paneling. Wood. My girlfriend hates it because it's too much of a log cabin feel. She That's kind of why, I, yeah. And she wants it bright and happy. I like it dark and secluded. Yeah. Man, it really is far away from everything else, too. It's got It's a perfect. Perfect room for a podcast. Sorry, we got to go upstairs. <laughs> what are you talking about? You got a lot of wood up here too. There's wood everywhere. <laughs> I know. She's not a fan of it. She's not a fan of it. Oh, rustic. It's rustic. That's the yeah. Yeah. So what's going on, dude? How are you? I'm all right. <clears throat> I'm okay. Just you know we're in Cleveland, so we we're up and down. Ohio's very up and down with what they want to tell people to do. Oh, yeah. I live in Missouri. Very similar. You guys had the first actual death I heard about was uh, in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, from the COVID. Right. So, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Not... It's no joke. Yeah. 
It's definitely people, no joke. People here, you got to argue with them to put mask on. And it's like, man, it's... It's the simplest thing in the world that everyone's having trouble being like, oh, I don't... I just don't want to wear them. I'm like, just wear them, dude. It doesn't matter. Just put it on and go do the stuff you want to do. Except for <laughs> talk this close to someone. Just six feet away, put on a mask, and we can maybe all go outside and do a couple of things. But yeah, people have to not wear it. What was that? Uh, we have a mouse, apparently. Where is it? You have a mouse in the house? I heard a scream. I heard a loud yeah. scream, and you looked terrified. Well, she, I thought she was in pain. She oh, started. Yeah, I just, it caught me off. I don't know where it went. From. Where'd you see it? I, it went that way. No, but what part of the kitchen? By the trash can, by the stove? No, I think it, maybe it came from behind the stove. Okay. It's very tiny. I used to have it. It's a trap in there. Is there any more? I mean, it's a, yeah, they're in the kitchen, but it's got to be on the floor. Is the trap What kind of? Yeah, it's a. Hmm? Do you have a cat? Do you have a cat or anything that can get that mouse, or you just got the mouse trap? He's gonna do the mouse trap. We're gonna poison it like a evil human. Oh, you poison it? You don't even do the snap ones? What's that? Like the oh. where you put the cheese on there? Yeah. Oh, hold on. This is this is the best. Hold on, real quick. I'm so sorry. Grab the mouse. Put it on the podcast. Well, probably it went that way. John, at least turn the camera around for oh. me. I know this is just audio for everyone else, but I want to see what's happening. I'm I've seen a hi. Hi. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, for those listening, uh, John is currently trying to, I guess, capture a mouse. And, uh, I'm just kind of sitting here watching his wall while he's doing that. So uh, I guess this is the time I bombed on a podcast. So yes, the mouse, you're fine. The mouse is uh, in the house. We live in the townhouse, and it's a. Uh, it might not. There's only food in there, so it probably won't come out here. It probably won't come out here. Oh no! <laughs> what is going on? That is so funny. I wish you'd have turned your computer around. I would have wanted to see where you guys were trying to get it. I thought you were going to capture oh. it. No, I wasn't gonna try and capture it. I I know. I mean, it's like it happens. Yeah, you get mice in the house. It happens. Yeah, the house is uh, old anyway, so it's like <laughs> okay. My buddy actually had a. He sent me a picture the other day. He actually had a like a mouse die. He lives in Northern California, and like they just found one in the toilet. They're like, why does it smell in the basement? And there's just like a mouse that was like laying upside down and which had just died. And I was like, Oh man, that's the worst way to go. Cause I guess it just kept slipping and couldn't get out. So I guess the toilet's kind of technically a mouse trap. You just try to just leave your toilet lid open. Maybe the thing will put some cheese in the toilet bowl, <laughs> you know, put some good smelling or whatever they attracted to on in the water and they just might fall in. 
Yeah. And they're stuck. That sounds like very, it's like, it's like a form of torture to me, though. Of course. What? Oh, you're going to, what is poison not torture? No, I'm saying, I was, but I said that's evil also. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know the well, things that they get. I know that. The, you, I don't know. Because if they eat it, that you made that happen. But if you left the toilet open, everyone does that. It's like, so it's, it kind of fell into a hole. But then it's, it's going to panic because it's going to think that this should be nice. It's like, oh my God, this is not fun. And it's going to just try to get on the edge and just, it's going to panic. And it's like, this is my life. And then it gets flushed. Right. Yeah, that's what happens. But that's got to be better than like eating something and being like, hey man, didn't that taste weird? And then you get like a couple steps away and you're just like, and you're stuck and then you throw up and then I don't know. I wonder how much pain they go through. I wonder how much pain. I don't know. I think I'd rather eat something than just go. I don't know if I want to drown. Well, maybe give the, it's not cyanide. You know they're not giving them cyanide. You know they're giving them something that just like makes them feel terrible. Because mice have strong stomachs. So they can handle it. I bet that like what's in there is like just enough to make them. They probably get sick for a while. I don't know how fast they die. It might kill. It could probably put a person down too. Oh wow! Is that we should test that out next? I'll try some. I'll be like, dude, I, I I'm stronger that. than a mouse. Yeah, we shouldn't try that. I'm yeah. getting too fear. I'm getting too fear factory. You yeah, because <laughs> we'll find out real quickly that our stomachs are nothing like mouse, like a mice. No. Like a, is it no. mouses? Is it like a mouse? Mises. Mises. It's oh, easy. Yeah. Look it up. It's Mises. <laughs> That's why you know we don't have not too many comics have stories about. The plurals of words since Carlin, like Carlin. Yeah, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to top that because once you, you like he, the English language like barely evolved, so it's like once you see those comics like pull it apart, you're like, yeah, what's left? What's left on the bone to do like the simple stuff? Which sometimes during a pandemic, you're like, man, I wish I could just write a joke about some words, <laughs> but you're like, you, I'm a storyteller, so it's like I need something to happen to bring on stage. But yeah, what like. What was the bit where he, what words did he, te- what words did he pull apart? Uh, it was about like the sound that A can make, how pH and F, like, it was like just a breakdown of like the things that we're taught as children and how they kind of teach you half the story. It was, it wasn't quotable, but it was, it was like a, just a funny, huh? Yeah. Pretty good at it. Cause I mean, if you yeah, do yeah. now, you'd have to do acronyms. You'd have to talk about how the, the new generation uses more acronyms than actual phrases. Like yeah, for real, for real um, is now fr. <laughs> uh, I send rn all the time. I haven't spent. I haven't texted out right now in forever. I was like, and I love yeah, rn right now. Somebody Every, told me brb. Somebody told me brb in a text message, and I'm like, come on, man. Like you don't have to, you just not <laughs> reply for a while. Uh, that's a that's a time traveler. Anyone that does that? Oh, brb. And he's like, I gotta figure out how to get back to my family. Yeah, that's, yeah. you're too lost. Dude. I feel like anytime I have to look one up, that always bums me out when I'm too like out of touch. Like, I don't remember the last one I had to look up. I remember someone said something and I had to look, I'm like, what does that phrase mean? I think it might've been shut the fuck up or something like the ST. I was like, what is STF? Oh, okay. Shut the fuck up. And I'm almost 30. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm 36. I'm already, a, I'm already there. I've already looked them up a few times. Like you guys, you can't say this word. Like somebody, it was, uh, AF and I'm like you. You're too lazy to type as fuck. Like you can't be tired yeah. as fuck. You tired AF? Come on, man. That's not. We're and fuck is such a fun word to spell. It's it fucking feels good. So say it. Say yeah, a fuck like, if any. A period fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I think over thirty is trying to add. Like we liked fuck. We like the word. I think the new generation they like the the 
the action, but I don't think they love the word as much. They just don't really, they're not as vulgar with that, but they're vulgar about other words is they don't really do the fuck as much. Is that true? I've never noticed. I don't think, I don't know any like, I, mean, I like some cousins that are younger. Let's read oh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I see that a lot of the people who aren't my age are they're, they're not like fuck. They'll they'll do the AF. They'll cuss That's a lot. Wild. Mm. Yeah. They won't really gay. They won't run into that fuck. We love fuck. I know my generation. Love. We love fuck. Like you can't get fuck away from us. I feel like most of the notes I got like like starting in stand up is like, hey, say fuck less, and I'm like, all right. It's like kind of how I talk though. It's you know, it's like becomes part of like everything you say. I don't know. I love saying. Yeah. It. I love texting it. Love it. All caps. F-U-C-K. One thing I have realized with comedy, though, is what might feel natural to you talking, it it, cha- it doesn't translate all the time because nobody's there to talk to you. So it's just rhetorical. Yeah. I've said words that to my friends have, have worked fine because they know me from context of talking to me before. I go on stage, say some words, and I look like a, a bigot or something is hateful and really it's not even that. And I'm not talking about the hard ones. It's not like I'm saying derogatory terms about uh, homosexuals and crazy shit like that. It'll be just the standard mean word to somebody like a dickhead or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Dickhead's good. Dickhead, is dickhead bad? I don't mind. Di- I think dickhead. I like dickhead. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think I understand. I think I mean, understand what you mean though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like just certain things that people will decide to stay on stage because of how their friends act. And that's actually, I think that's like the newest thing that most people kind of are. Tr- I feel like are tr- I'm, I think they just need to get over. It's just such a 2020 thing to just be with the times to be like how you talk with your friends is could be not only you should maybe not say that, but also how you talk on stages. Everyone doesn't know you. They don't know that you help everyone in your family, but you talk like this. So then when you go on stage and say something, everyone in the audience is like, what the fuck did that guy just say? Yeah. And they, we actually, we, I run, we run a mic where we say that we're like, if you want to try that, eventually get to that level. But if you're at like an open mic level and to use like, you know, some people are just like, Oh, I got a great abortion joke. They're like, dude, some people don't ever want to hear that. So is that what you want in your first act? Because no one knows you. And that's the thing is how you are funny with your friends is definitely not how you can be funny on stage. It's like, it's you, you have to learn that. I think people are going to be like, I'm going to be a hundred percent me up there. It's like, you <laughs> will be a hundred percent. You'll find how you can be a hundred percent you, but it's like, you can't just go up there and be a hundred. Even none of, none of the greats are none of the, you know what I mean? Like to do it, you have to be like, do, like, do you really think like Bill Burr comes home and he's like, you fucking made me another sandwich. Like, you know, it's, it's like, no, you turn it on and off. You got to like, you have to learn what you can say to your friends and that that is going to be different than what you can say on stage, especially I feel like in 2020, because I feel like that's like a whole battle. Some people are like, I want to say whatever I want. Do you ever hear what Pryor used to say? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that was a different time. I, and like, I watched an interview the other day and a guy said, he goes, I don't think Pryor would get away with what he used to say if he tried to say it now. It's like, that's, it's just that growth. And it's like how some people love quoting like Saturday night live stuff from like the seventies. And like, that's how I talk to my friends. It's like, that's not how anyone talks anymore, man. Yeah. Cause I, I will say that we've had to become more conscious of how people feel about how we say things. I, uh, I think so. I think so. And I kind of, I def, I'd say kind of agree just because I agree. I think freedom of speech should exist, but I'm jumping on board with like learning the correct terminology and what to say and how to, and just learning and growing. Cause I think that's how you, if we're comics, we're supposed to know everything. We're supposed to be the fools who know everything, you know, we're like, like magic that. in that way, you know, I like that. that is a smart way to look at it because 
Um, I was having an argument about uh, rap music is more derogatory to any group of people than comedy. Like comedy, you might hear one comic, like somebody tried to use Chappelle as an uh, example because he said um, the derogatory terms about gay people um, and he screamed it. And it was like, okay, but rappers have said it like four times in a, in a verse. So it's like, it's not even the same argument. Like I can pull up a rap song that kills anything that Chappelle says that's derogatory. Even your most racist comic, like your Bobby Slayton's or your um, Rick DePala, Nick DePala. If you bring a guy like him up, even the most harsh thing he says isn't as bad as some rap songs. I'm not well, saying and, people, but okay, but, and, and I, yeah, yeah, and I, that's that's where I think too, and I think because a lot of people have that in that debate in their head, and I don't like, I don't have a good solution for it. But the only thing I can think is, it's like if you do stand up, you can say whatever you want on stage, but there's an art form where there's nudity and pornography, but you can't just bring that on stage and show everyone. Like, I don't, is that legal? Do you know what I mean? So it's like certain things that you just because you can do it in music, it's almost because there's like a different response, and especially because it's like rap. Music isn't like uh, on stage tonight. Like, there's rap battles, but you're not going to try it on stage. You don't really care what the audience thinks. You're like, I'm going to learn to be the best lyricist and maybe try to beat this guy. But comedy's different. You need the audience. So I think that like that's kind of where the difference of the growth comes in because most of the audience is like, we don't want you saying that anymore. But there's also a bunch of people that do want people to say that. They're yearning for people to say awful stuff. I swear to God, I had that happen with my neighbor. And I'm not, it sounds like I'm like, ah, my neighbor, but he literally was saying stuff that I would never repeat. And I just told him, I go, you know what, man, I used to work with guys who say that stuff. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't like those jokes, man. It's just not how I talk. And I'm like, freedom of speech for sure. But it's just not how I talk. And he was like, oh, I get it. And I swear to God, he texted me and he was like, dude, no, I'm not going to do those jokes. I know not everyone wants to hang. And I was like, I appreciate it. Cause I'm like, dude, if you want to say those, that's fine. But dude, let's talk about let's talk about chicks let's like talk about something fun instead of doing jokes our dads used to do dude and i think that's the difference but i agree because that rap thing is interesting because i'll listen to songs that are like brutally mean to women and i i definitely i'm like dude men and women are equal but you'll hear a song and you're like that song doesn't agree with that but i love that lyric dude i love that lyric it's also movies like it's like we have to take things i think if we keep things in context uh, we don't fight as much. If you like, okay, yeah, the Golden Girls had mud mask on, and they had a Confederate flag episode. But yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't oh out God. of, it wasn't disrespectful. They weren't mocking black people. Okay. And that's the thing that a lot of people it. try to just take out of context. Like, look at them making fun of us. Yeah. Like the show's been on, and they're the Golden Girls. They're not playing the black Golden Girls and being white women playing black women. So it was like yeah. blackface was that. They wouldn't allow you to be in a movie, but they needed you to be a character. So they would black their face for the to be a character. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you take away but the that, context of, of it, yeah. You take away the context, everything looks crazy. Cause like when you let somebody yeah. tell you what it was and it's not true, they're now being uh, irresponsible with information. They're telling you a rule that's not real. Like the freedom of speech isn't for us to say uh derogatory terms about any race or group. It's really so you can talk about the king and not go to jail. Yeah, that's a good way to put it too. And I also I think you can't take stuff out, you can't do that take that stuff out of context because we live in that world where so many people just want to be yeah, you just want to be mad because of how someone did something in the past too and it's like for one your past probably isn't as clean as you think it is and 
the, like you said, the times were different. They're not still doing that. And whenever the times change, it isn't like it is when you take something out of context, you should go back and do your homework and learn everything. And I think, I think a lot of that's changing because there are a lot of people that are like, well, did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, man, the little rascals were in black and white. There's racist episodes for sure, dude. And then like, but that's why we're not, that's why they're not still making show. That's why the golden girls aren't, you know, there's like that show is in the past. We're not doing that. But and it was now to look at stuff. Exactly. Exactly. With the, I, heard the, with, I, I saw the show. thing. I saw the thing about the, with the rebel flag or that wasn't that with the Confederate flag that they were mm-hmm. like putting it up and they had this whole, ep- I only saw a meme of it because it's hard, so hard to keep up with literally everything. But I saw the meme about mm-hmm. it. And yeah. Didn't they? They were basically being like, you can't put that up. And they had a whole explanation why, which isn't really her learning in real time. They're like, hey, what if we have an episode where we explain to people through characters? Because <laughs> people are so stupid. They need to know that this golden girl is like, oh, better flag. Racist. You're like, yeah. And now because your television show showed you that during prime time, you're like, I guess I know it's racist now. But yeah, but There's to take it out of context. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. We get held to a higher standard when it's convenient. That's the funny part. When they want to take you out, they make it seem like you're telling people speeches. When yeah. they want to ignore you, your jokes aren't shit. They don't care. But when they want to take you out, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you said this. It's like, well, we got to... And that's one thing. We don't get an area to... We... The reason bomb is so fascinating to me is because we're that's like our athletics. That's when we play is when we're on stage. So you might lose, you might win. Um, and you remember the losses <laughs> and it's like, we are not allowed to lose. As yeah. much like people think that we're all guys on Netflix. They think that every joke we tell has been calculated and is perfect and ready for the world. And really, no, this is the start of the joke. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for sure, man. And listen to podcasts, dude, there's comics who've said that before. They're like, after I recorded, I think Roy Scoville said this in an interview. He goes, I actually recorded my album and then later actually fixed parts of the joke and then made it better and made it funnier. So it's like, yeah, it's never polished. It's this, there's like once a song that to bring up rap again, it's like once something is put on a track, it exists forever. And it exists the same way in comedy, but comedy is different because people want to see it live. They want to see how you progress. They want to see what your thoughts are now and they want to see you change and stuff. And yeah, I, that's crazy, man. Yeah. It's such a, it's such an interesting world night. I feel like there's a lot of comics that when we, cause we both, you run a lot of shows, don't you? You, mm-hmm. you run shows. And when you run shows, you see young comics and you're like, you're gonna, you're gonna chase cause you want to be Carlin or you want to be like prior, but you're like, they, they have years where they weren't doing that. There's old Carlin bits where he's just doing just even sillier bits. And then eventually he gets to this point where he's like, seems like this prolific guy, but you have to make the mistakes and you have to learn. And I think that you learn. I learned, I love that. It's like, a uh, it's the Michael Jordan quote where he's just like, I learn way more from my losses than I do my wins. And that's just how it, that's how it is. And you need to like, but some people don't learn. They'll go on stage and they'll say something terrible and they keep doing that abortion joke or whatever. You're like, why don't you just drop that joke? They're like, well, cause it never hits. So I feel like I have to figure out how to make it work. I'm like, but you don't change any of the words or your viewpoint or how you think the audience and like, yeah, I don't know. I guess one day I'll just fig- I'll just find another person like me and they'll like that joke and then this will be friends forever. <laughs> it's so sick. Yeah. I, it's yeah. so we have that here where I had to tell a comic, uh, he went on stage and the first couple seconds he started using the word bitch and bitches in description of women. Like he just was talking about bitches in here. Like that's not even a woman that we can disconnect from. Yep. You're talking about women in the room and you're giving yep. them a, this 
insult. And it's like, dude, that's not going to work. And it didn't. They, the women shut down and it was majority women at the show. And then he yeah. got, it, was a, it was a rough crowd. Like, no, you were just a bad comic. Like, it's not at a comedy club. The rough, yes. It can be a rough crowd when they're being drunk and belligerent. But if the, if the jokes are just not getting laughs, then it's not yeah. really them. It's you. No, it's always, dude, every, and it's easy, dude. It's always easy to slip out of it. I'm sure you'll do it too. And sometimes you'll be like, yeah, they just seemed weird, but it's like, they can seem weird and you can see it from that vantage, like from that vantage point. But they're, they came out, they came out to listen. They're there to hear mm-hmm. you. They want to hear your jokes. So if they're not laughing, they're part of society. And you're tr- those people who showed up from your society all agreed that night that you weren't funny. And so many people have a hard time like being like, yeah, I bombed. Like I love, I love a great bomb. Like I love coming home and being confused and being like, man, where did I bomb? Cause like, I'm bad at listening to my sets. I feel like every comic's like, I listen to every single set. I'm like, no, you don't, you psychopath. You don't, you don't. But it's like, I, I actually, me and my, my girlfriend now, she comes to more shows than any girl I've ever dated. And whenever I'll bomb, like afterwards, I'll ask her, I'm like, what one thing do you think was why like I bombed? And like one time she was like, you kind of hit on Trump a little too hard. And I remembered where I was like, well, I was, that's, I'm mad. And when I talk to my friends like that, they're like, I agree. But I did a show for an audience that didn't agree with that. Mm. And even though I think I'm correct, that audience is like, we don't think you're funny. So I can be like, that audience is stupid. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't make them laugh. And is your job to be smart or funny right now? What, it, what, you know, which one is it? I don't know. I get I find it very interesting. That's why I love the art form because it's always confusing. You, I don't ever feel like I have it figured out. I always feel good. And then I feel like I find a new Rubik's cube of confusion to figure mm-hmm. out. Like, how do I, how do I work past this next thing? You know, that's my favorite part. Cause uh, I've started this thing where if I have an idea, I try to make a joke arguing with myself on why that's yeah. not a funny idea. Yeah, man. Yep. So that way, I, if um, anybody in the audience doesn't feel like I initially felt, I'm arguing for them against me in my points and the tags. Like, it's like I'm, just, I'm kind of in a conflict amongst my ideas with something. Like, um, recently it was about uh, sex with my girlfriend because she's pregnant. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. And it's not because the baby is, I want to hit the baby with my dick. No, it's nothing that stupid besides... <laughs> I don't want to have sex. But with my are you a little anymore. worried about that? Are you a little worried about? Yeah, not, not when I, I find out how far it is. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's not a problem. It's just more so okay. I don't want to have those. I don't want to have an erection and have sex with my baby in the room. Like, I don't want my baby that close to me. Yeah. So, so I just go through that. Why that's weird. But it's also I make it about my insecurity as opposed to that's gross because that's not a, that's not a stance. That's the initial reaction. I can't really explain that. Okay, why is it is the part. So it's like, okay, where do I feel? Why do I feel this way? And how can I defend this to be silly? Like, I know it's silly, but now I'm going to defend it in silly. Like, I'm going to stand in silly and tell you why this is silly, and I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Absolutely. And what you're saying, dude, it almost sounds like it's like the art form, but it also is like science because you have this, like, theory. And you're like, I think this is funny, but you have to have, like, this proof and then mm-hmm. it has to like, it has to all come out. And then you're like, oh, I thought that was going to happen, but it didn't. And it's like, I do the exact same thing where it's like, if you write a joke down, you have to see it from your point of view. And then, dude, it's easy as thinking about the most opposite person of you. And you're like, would they even find that humorous? And they don't have to agree with you. Dude, I've seen comics and not agreeing with, I've seen my favorite comics do a joke. And I'm like, dude, I don't agree with that, but it's funny. And oh, then yeah. that's, that's the thing. And that's the thing is people are like, 
you you have to be able to set separate yourself from the art form to make it grow. And I'm not saying you should you should never ever try to write jokes just just to make everyone laugh. But you'd have to have your point of view. And if you don't find holes in it, then someone could be like, well, what about this? Like when people are saying like shitty things on stage, like if they're like being degrading towards women, if they're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be shitty towards women. And then during your act, you never say anything about how good you are as a person or anything. They're going to, that's all they know of you. That's all they think is that you're shitty. To, they're not, after the show, you're going to be like, but I'm actually not. You're like, well, why would we think everything different? You're like a guy at a bar that gets kicked out. You're like, I normally don't start fights. Mm-hmm. I'm just weird tonight. You're like, um, are you sure? Because it seems like you probably start fights all the time, dude. I did yeah. that too. I had a joke about, uh, <laughs> it wasn't even mean towards women, but the guy, well, the guy tried to argue with me about it. He said that was kind of mean what you said about women. I said, what, they can't tell stories and they can't beat dicks. Cause I, <laughs> yeah. I, the joke was how um, my girlfriend, uh, she's pregnant, so I'm not going to get hit from her. That's crazy. So I'm like, maybe I'll get a hand job. And while she's doing it, she started talking to me. And I'm like, these are two things women aren't good at. Telling stories and beating dicks. And the girls in the audience had laughed at it. He's like, that's kind of mean. I said, dude, yeah. you find me a girl who is great at that. And I'll find you a trans woman, like, which is a little yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you get a good hand job from a girl, you're like, oh, yeah, she used to have one of these. <laughs> oh, my God. You must be from, the, you're from this neighborhood. You're not lost. <laughs> oh, my God. I am, yeah, and then it's like your like your girlfriend talking and then trying to keep up the beat that you need to to like do that. That's like that's two levels of hard. That's two yeah, levels. She'll like, so get excited and she'll stop. Like she'll be it's like the story will get good and she'll tell me more, but she's just holding it now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, girls aren't good at hand jobs. Like, why are we why do we have to act like they have to be? They don't have to be good. Like, I don't need you to ever do this. <laughs> like, no man really pays for a hand jobs. Like Dude, hand jobs are so. That sometimes I will. I will say it's not all the time. I feel like it's it's all about enthusiasm. There, that's a whole different debate. But have you ever seen the show Breaking Bad? Have you seen course, that? Have you watched it? Course. Okay, so I saw the show, and somehow when they put it on television, I either missed this or they didn't put in that scene. But like one of the very first scenes before, like when Walter, he still got a job and he's working. He comes home and on his birthday, his wife is like reading a magazine. And like jerks him off. Do you remember this? Yes. I that wasn't in the version I saw. And then I rewatched it and that scene I saw it. And all of a sudden I was like, oh man, Walter's life was so much sadder than I that hand job made his life. I even felt sorrier for him. And that moment I was like, oh man, he really spiraled out of control just because you saw it, you see someone else get a bad hand job and you're like, man. I really feel for you, buddy. That's yeah, so, it's, that's like, so it's, it's like it's the sad because it's it's never you're happy for the guy getting one. You're like, damn. It's always like that. This is what it's come to. That's what every. That's how every. That's what every hand job feels like. Not all of them. No, dude. I feel like some of them are rad. I feel like some of them are like. Because think about this. I've jerked off and been like, man, that was terrible. Do I even know myself? Do you know what that's I mean? Funny. Like, I'll you feel have disconnected. I feel like I'm like. What do I do? Like, there's my bu- there's this guy, uh, Josh Fenton, who used to do this joke about that. Where after he would do it, like he's like he talks to his hand where he's like. I feel like I don't even know who you are anymore, but I feel like a different like feeling where like really after I do it, I'll be like, man, why'd that take so long? Do like, are we just not, are we just not compatible anymore? So anytime you get an, anytime you get an extra hand, cause think about this, whenever you would hook up with girls before you were married, before you were in a, you know, any relationship, the, for any hand job you got felt like you're like, 
Oh man, I am on cloud. Is, am I wrong, or do you just are you just not a hand job guy? I don't. I'm. Nah, I'm not a hand job guy. I never had a oh. good one from anybody else. I've only been good to myself. And it's like if I can do it myself, and somebody's. Do you got like, soft? Do you horrible. not have? Do you have soft hands? Do you have softer? No, hands? No, I just know it. I just know the time and the rhythm. It's like it's easier for me. I love I the mystery. I love not. No, I love when they. You know, it's like when they pull it the wrong way a little bit too much, it really and it's, it's like that's yeah. I I love the mystery. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. I hate the exploration. I don't really have the patience for them to figure out. As an like, artist, you don't have time for no, hand not jobs. for this, not for this. Because <laughs> I don't add an ass for it. So you're offering now. It's like sure. if we, think about a comic, right? Think about a new comic because we're doing this shit maybe um, six months. He thinks he's great and he wants to be a headliner, like every other comic in the world. And then he headlines his first show within a year. He's not ready. That's what a hand job is for the girl. You're gonna compare a six-month headliner to, to a to hand job because it's like no way. potential could be there, but nobody's on the way for that shit. Not not if, if my first introduction is a six-month headliner, garbage. John, we're having an argument right now. When was the last time you just straight up fingered your wife? And I hope that's not too straightforward. Not wife, but uh, we're not. Married, oh, she not. I thought you're not married. Okay, oh, no, well, you're it's not, no, I haven't asked yet. It's just pretty much no. what it is. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I get that. Uh, then that was it. Never. I never just stopped there. It would always be like an introduction. It was like a hey, wake up, uh, warm up the oven. Uh, can I come over? <laughs> are you trying to sound cool on your podcast not right at now? all say you never just tr- you always add a little bit of every some flavor you always get down go downtown or either get all the way down and have yeah some se- yeah it's always, if i no it's not even cool though it's like if i touch it i'm gonna i'm gonna try to go further i've never been stopped with just the hands like that's enough okay <laughs> all right but I feel, I mean, girls are, they're, they're way more of a mystery. They can literally like this. Sometimes they don't like, they're like, Oh, sorry. Did you come? And they're like, no, that's the, that's the oldest joke for, in the comedy club, dude. Like, yeah. so I get what you're saying, but maybe I'm just on that spectrum to where like, I like, them. I actually, I actually, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I might prefer them. Um, I don't know. It might need, there might need to be a little bit extra, not just a hand job. But I think I might even prefer. No, I don't know if you prefer him to blow job. I don't know if I can even no, win I that. Argument. Nobody would let you have that one. Nobody would th- get I, away with saying that. I just, they're just, it's just, I love the mystery, dude. I love your, like, just some girl, that she, smaller hands always, just like a hand, mm-hmm. just a soft, delicate, like, you, oh, dude, I don't know, I'm a, I like hand jobs. I love them. I would, I'm a hand job man. I get it. No, I, I understand. I can't say you're wrong. I, and I never think anybody's wrong when it comes to what they like. I just think that I can't, well, some things are crazy, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I just think that. Is that I never had a good one, so I've really been like, yeah, I'm cool. I'd rather you didn't do this. I rather I rather talk at this point in my life. I rather have a whole conversation with a woman about her whole day instead of her give me a hand job. <laughs> oh my god, I would rather a woman talk to me all day and then give me a hand job, and then I would say that was a pretty good day, man. Uh, I would say that you're gonna make yourself <laughs> a good guy. Now. You're gonna sound like a, a totally good guy. No, like I'm just pro- no, I'm not a good no, I'm not a good guy. I'm just a hand job guy, bro. I'm just I'm just into the hand jobs. All the girls that don't want to give them to hey after the show, if me and you, if we're ever on the road, either in open <laughs> relationships or single, after the show, all day I get all the hand job ladies. <laughs> like, yo, I'm here for one thing and one thing only. Call yeah, me a I got handyman. A great- 
I got a one time I hit it. Okay, one time I'll be. I'm gonna tell this dirty story. One time I got a hand job, and the girl did it so slow that I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But the payoff, bro. The payoff. Come on, blew me away. Literally, That's quite like, literally. So, oh, she did. I was say it's my thing too. If you just if she's just beaten. Where does it go if she does yeah. finish? It's like, well, now nah, well, they to have to be enthusiastic. You got to be, enthusi- yeah, you got to be enthusiastic. You got to want to do. And if you don't want to do it, then I agree. Then let's just not do it. Because we've, I've definitely had bad ones. I remember, I remember when you're like, remember when you're in high school and you're like, mm-hmm. you go, you're like, go over to some chick's house. I remember, yeah. getting, I would get jerked off while my dick was inside of my pants. Do you remember that when they're like, I'll just do it yeah. in case my mom walks downstairs. I'm like. Oh yeah, just have it facing the opposite way that it needs to. <laughs> yeah, nothing's that worse than a sneaky hand. A sneaky hand job is just hurtful. It's just because then you then you realize, like one of my one friends, oh, a friend of mine, she's a girl. She said men will do the gayest shit for pussy, and I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> and then she said, and she said, I just fucked two dudes, and one of them was on top of me. The other one just had to sit in the corner and wait his turn. And all I could think was, and she said, she said the wrong, she said the word that's funny to us, but. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna repeat the quote, but she like these. No, bro. Fucking, yes, and she like fucking fig Newtons. That's my new replacement for it. And she said that to me on the phone. I cried laughing that oh she because like the whole concept God. blew my mind that a girl thought like this. I'm like, I never thought of how women feel about those situations. Like yeah, she's for winning. sure. Like a guy's having think- two girls. He's winning. A girl with two guys. She's like you. And you, you dudes would never do this without me involved. If I'm out bro. the room, you're just gay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know, that's the funniest well, shit. Yeah. I Hey, I'll be, we don't have to get into details, but I have partied with maybe many folk or whatever. And I'm like, people are like, yo, that's a little weird. I'm like, hey, you know what? It is what it is. But we're all here to party and no bad Ooh. hand jobs. That's all I got to say. That's <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, I, I agree. Yeah. But like, and then that thing is too, is I feel like, uh yeah so i i guess i guess i need clarity was that just she had sex with two guys in the same room but they were going to wait turns to no, me like it started off with two a- i didn't have too many details about it but she said like it started off with both of them but then the one like had gotten up this way it was only he like there was no room for the other guy so the other guy was just waiting though and he just like was standing there like you know trying to keep himself up waiting his turn and she just like he's at herself, the dmv yeah like, and she just wait, said like, he took the a funny, number he's like he took 69 he's like hey i'll wait uh-huh Oh man! And she said well, she looked over. All she think in her head was these. It's like these. <laughs> I'm not gonna say all the language, but she's like, yeah. She said that. She said, "Turn to me." I'm like, yo, that's the fun. Grow thing. up! I tell those guys, grow up. You know. No, so, no, no the girl said. No, the girl said. She said, "Dudes do the gay and shit for pussy," and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great opening statement. I got to hear the rest of it. And she told me what I happened, guess. and I'm like, that's true. You know what? No man wants to know that. We don't want to think like that. We're thinking, yeah, this girl, she don't even understand. She let us all hit. And, and, and actually, she's like, yeah, these dudes are just play toys for me right now. Yeah, absolutely. And they want to do, because that's how much we like girls. We're like, I don't even care if we have to share, man. You know what? That's yeah. how much. Who cares, dude? Yeah, absolutely. I, two I, guys do yeah. not like each other. But if a girl like, hey, I know you guys don't get along, but would you both fuck me? You're like, damn. Truce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's 2020, bro. Fucking fly the whatever flag you gotta. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, you know, we ain't even beefing no more. We all good, man. Thanks to her, man. She solved she solved our problem. <laughs> We're better friends now. Now there's no weirdness. <laughs> oh my god. That's a wild story. That's such a funny. I like oh she told she me I cried. I, no, she's not even a comic. She's a regular, she's a, she's a civilian compared to comics. I just thought it was hilarious. She said that to me. Like, I just thought it was the funniest. 
Like I never thought of how women looked at it until she said yeah. that. And I'm like, God damn, she's winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too. Cause also when no girl, like you can't, it's, it's almost like imp- it's not impossible, but it is way tougher to talk like two guys. You can be like, Hey, you guys want to see my boobs? And they're like, yeah, whatever you need us to do to see it. But no, no girl ever is going to be like, Hey, you want us to kiss? We're like, yeah. And then I'll do stuff with both of you. They're like, cool. We're just going to leave and go get two separate dudes. Yeah. They do have it easier. I don't, it's like, oh, yeah. they have it easier. Like they don't have, yeah. They, they don't, don't have to work not, for sex. Have, yeah. There's girls that are just, you're like, Hey, why don't you guys kiss? And they're like, mm, we're good. We're actually all now we're also not interested. Now it's like, if a girl's like, Hey, why don't you two kiss? You're like, all right, dude, let's just talk about something real quick, man. <laughs> I forget out. who had a joke like that. It wasn't prior, but somebody had a joke that, uh, Tony Roberts, uh, he had a joke that saying uh, he would fuck Jay-Z. He said he would fuck Jay-Z if Beyonce was next. And I'm like, that's the funniest shit I've heard in my life. Oh, and like, that's wow. just the funniest shit. But I'm like, yeah, that's some shit a yeah. dude would say. Because shit, prior saying... Guys always say so that. Good. Guys who would never... Yeah, guys who would never do anything are always like, yeah, but I'd fuck a guy to get to that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't you just ease into it? Why don't you both just hang out? I don't, did Jay-Z ask you to do that, man? You think <laughs> like, that's why he... you're saying that Beyonce's like, you think Beyonce's like, oh, I was going to not let this guy have sex with me, but dude, if you're going to fuck Jay-Z, yeah, totally I'll let you have sex with me. <laughs> it's such that weird stipulation. Guys are always like, a billion dollars. Yeah, maybe I'd try something one one time. I'm like, dude, fuck. We're comics. Oh. We're poor, man. There's got to be a different number. I hate that Illuminati rumor that they say that guys suck dick to get famous. It's like, you know how hard... Like, I've never sucked a dick, and I don't think I'm good enough to never get famous either. off of it. No I'm way. not famous enough, because my heart's not going to be in it. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to fuck up. I got big teeth. I'm, I'm lazy. <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to... You, you probably give the hand jobs that you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be, the, I'd be the equivalent. Like he'd be like, hey yeah. man, I'd rather, like let's just talk. Like just and Jay Z would be like, dude, I gotta be honest, man. I don't think Beyonce's gonna be India, dude, because this is the worst hand job I've ever gotten in my whole life. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, if a dude was like, yeah, uh, you wanna fuck my wife? You gotta fuck me first. It's like, what? Like, yeah, it's a screening process. Um, that's not really a thing, is it? Is that is that song Lemonade about you? Now, is that maybe that you're? The, yeah, he's like. Oh man, dude, Jay Z, fuck John. <laughs> now I'm gonna smash this whole city with a bat. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> we supposed to be talking about comedy and bombing. That's a funny bit. Oh my god, that's such a weird. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I think we're just... bombing right now because we're both like we're both getting bad hand jobs, everything. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I do god. like anyway. when it, I like the, the when the joke starts because I love to see a joke not work the first time you say it. But then you keep tweaking it. Like you see them skater kids. That's my favorite like thing to do a skate trick where you don't you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You just you're on a board with no balance. Then over a couple of years of falling, you finally get your shit together. You can jump on rails with it. I think that's how I look at jokes. Um, for me, I start off with a joke where I'm falling on my ass, but I yeah. gotta keep. I gotta fix something. It can't just it's be so much more rewarding. It's so much oh, more. It feels great. That way. Think about those people to that you watch that you're like. To use like the like the guys and girls are different. When you see someone use that, there's always kind of a joke that'll hit. But it's like you're you're just setting up a thing that we all know. And I would rather fall on my face trying to bring up this weird like Jay Z hand job premise because <laughs> then when you fall on your face, 
you either dude sometimes you get a line out of a joke sometimes you're like oh that weird cadence that i did actually would work better in this joke and it's like that's always what you're kind of doing is you're always like tweaking a set a little bit you're always trying to figure out like what's the next thing and i we run an open mic not now but we before the pandemic and every monday i did it i took a different approach and i'm not saying this to sound cool i don't write every day i don't do i don't listen to every one of my sets but the only thing i always do is i go on stage when it's just mostly comics. I'm not doing this at the club. I'm not going on stage during like headlining sets. Like I'll do it in the middle, but when I'm trying a new bit, I'm like, just go up there and start. Just go up there. I heard Chris Rock say something like that one time where he's like, I don't bring my Chris Rock energy on stage every time. I'll go on stage and just talk it out because if they think that's funny, then they think that's funny without me attached to it. So I'll go on stage and I love, love just talking out an idea and then you'll form it later. And it's, it might not even sound like the first time you told it, but everyone always wants to come up there with a joke. And when you start, you need to have a joke. But I really love, like, I'll get off stage. And after I bomb, I'll always say this where I'm like, who do you think felt worse? The audience for me bombing or me? Because I always think it's the audience. Because there was a comic who said that to me one time. He was like, when I'm bombing, he's like, do you think I feel how weird you guys do? And the audience was like, yeah, man, we feel really weird. He goes, I don't feel like that at all. And I'm like, I resonate with that. When I bomb, like oh, the only time is I feel bad is if, if if you're bombing with a joke from the heart. If you're talking from the heart and people don't like respect that and they're like, we don't find anything funny of this, then you're like, all right, well maybe I'm just a psychopath. And I that always feels a little different to me. I guess is like trying to figure out the new bits. But when you because one thing you do is you swing for the fence. Like you say, I want to try a different idea. So if I bomb with it, it's me bombing, not me impersonating a comedian fucking up. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really think I gain that much from like every week trying a new line just because I'm not at that point in my career. Like I'm not like I'm not headlining every weekend. I'm not trying to like it's like none of us are getting we don't we're not like going to JFL. So it's like I always want to work on my new stuff. And then whenever it becomes time, like you're like, oh, I got a hosting set coming up. You're like, okay, cool. Then I'm going to listen to my sets and I'm going to write more. Then I'm going to like put everything together. But when you go on stage, you should always be trying to do new stuff. You should always, like you said, swing for the fence because you, you, I feel like you grow way more from that. Like, I feel like anytime I just try to be like, Hey, I think I'm going to try this line. Sometimes I'll go up there. And then I realize that I'm like, you didn't even try the new line. You just recited your jokes and you learned nothing. So it's like you either should go up there with a purpose to change something or to try to grow. I think that we're at this weird time like where it's kind of like the alt scene a little bit and the club mm -hmm. scene. And I feel like anytime you're getting paid to do a show, you if you're doing good and you want to go off the rails, that's fine. But I feel like going off the rails is like for open mic. And that's why when people want to say shit like we are talking earlier, if you want to say some crazy shit that no one's ever heard, that's fine. But my buddy Rafe says this. He goes... It's there's the only consequences are of what you say. It's like you, you know, you can say it because there's freedom of speech, but it doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences. And that's Dude. the world we live in now. So it's like if you want to say something, you can say it. And the consequence might just be bombing. And if you don't learn how to love to bomb, you're going to be sad sleeping in your car on the road. <laughs> and it's like you really got to, like, you got to let them go. You got to work from it. Like, have a route. I really do. Like, I have like this thing that I, I've been doing comedy long enough that now after a show, I will live with that until I leave the club. If I went after the show, like I hosted this a couple weeks ago at Helium. And then after the show, me and my friend Tina and Rafe, we were just like 
talking about our shows, which because we like we were talking about sets, we were talking about stuff. And I was like, man, I feel like this part was weird. And they're like, yeah, maybe that was weird, but you crushed it this part. And we just we just workshopped it. But then when it was done, I don't call the next day and be like, man, I'm still feeling bad. It's like once you leave the club, put on a good song and start writing new stuff. Cause otherwise, like you don't lose a fight and then be like, oh, I guess I'm just a loser. Like there's this quote from this guy who uh I don't I'm so bad with quotes. I wish I could fucking remember things, but it's like when do you start writing a new book? And the guy goes, as soon as I finish my last one. And I feel like I resonate with that. Like I'm never done. Like if, if, if you shoot your Netflix special fucking, maybe you get a week off, but it's like, if you had a bad weekend at a club, just write that whole week, but still go hang out with your friends and live your life and do stuff. I feel like that's, you gotta try new stuff. And I feel like that kind of extends out to like bombing in life too. You gotta go out there and be like, Hey, I've been bombing a lot on stage. It's like, well, you, have you been living life? Have you went on a date? Mm-hmm. Have you hung out with your family? Cause that's where you get your material from. So many people get worked mm-hmm. up in the world of, dude, I've been going to open mics every night. I'm like, yeah. you better do that. You better have a routine to do that. You better go to, like, it's a military, but if you don't take some time off, then your jokes are only going to be about jokes. You're like, that's how people do airplane materials. Cause they were only at airports. And now you're the guy that's like, man, you guys ever jerk off a lot? You're like, no but you are right now. And I can tell because you're talking about it in front of strangers. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I used to always wonder because uh, I started my, I started, like I like to start sets off random and like, then find, like I like to start off rough and then coast out to my jokes. Yeah, uh, my last two sets, my first set, I said, yeah, my girlfriend doesn't know I'm here and she's at home pregnant. And like on the way here, I told her I'm going to go to the, and I'm, I'm going to make a run real quick. Then I realized while I'm in the car driving here, this is how men left their wives in the 50s. Like, <laughs> the city, just stay here. Like, I, I, I figured it out. Like, this is what they did. They just said, I'm, I'll be back. And they never come back. And then I go into that. She's pregnant. And then all my jokes. Then last night, I said, getting people to wear a face mask, it is hard to get people to wear condoms in the 80s. Like, we know it's bad, but does you ever get that fresh? You ever have some fresh air after having your mask on? It's like, yeah, you're like dude, do you actually know anybody who's has? Yeah, it's like, bro, I actually don't know anybody who has herpes. Do you know anybody who has herpes? It's like that thing. You're like, I actually haven't met anyone who has COVID. You're like, okay, cool. Well, when you get it, yeah, that's yeah. so funny. But yeah, it's and it is, and it is that weird mentality too, because it's like I'm definitely a mask wearer and a condom wearer, dude. I you gotta. I, I had a buddy once. I had a buddy once. Recently. Just sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, and then well, I'm mask. I got these now. I saw them make them laugh, dude. I like those. Are those on your website? Uh, you know they should be. I, I should do that. Actually, I'll take a, pick, take a picture of them and I put them on there. Fuck it. Tell them for five Absolutely. dollars and ship them out. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely, you have to. That's yeah, cool. I, yeah. I Thank you for that yeah. idea. Sorry. I thought you already do. Yeah, I assume you'd already be doing that. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, no, I, I had a, I got a secret show I do now on Mondays. So it's like I invite uh, about twenty people, and whoever shows up out of those twenty, yeah, <laughs> and leave it there. That's so that's so funny. I love talking. Yeah, I love uh, I love where we've gone with this because I feel I was trying to think of like certain. I thought of a couple bomb stories, but I'm like, it's always more. I like talking about the process of bombing because like I feel like I feel like there's this new generation. And I don't know how it is in Cleveland, but like I feel like any and you you said civilian earlier, and I do like that distinction because I think some people are still civilians and they go to open mics. But like I hate comics when they're like, dude, you're an open mic or you're not a comedian. You're like. How long do you need to be doing comedy to be considered an open mic or a comic or whatever? I think it's a skill thing more than time. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think too. And uh, I feel like we live in this time now where people go on stage and they'll ask, they'll do everything that a podcast told them to. They're like, oh, dude, will you watch my set? Oh, dude, would you do this? Hey, uh, what do you think about this joke? And then you'll tell them 
and I always give notes like this. I go, take what you want, leave whatever you don't, but I'll give you notes on your set. I'm like, you, I'm not a harsh guy, dude. I don't even know how to give harsh notes. Cause I'm like, I fucking wouldn't want to get harsh notes. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I just like, I try to give the, I'm like, if I can see a place to improve, I'll help you out. But I think there's this new thing. And like I said, I don't know if you see it in Cleveland where like comics now are like, I show up and whenever I show up, I'm here to hang and I'm going to be a bad hang usually. And then by the time I make it on stage, then I'm going to try to figure it out. And that's different than what we were talking about. Like you need to learn the rules of how to like and how to break them before you just start going on stage and talking about whatever you think's cool. Like, cause for every time I go on stage and I'm just talking out of my ass, it was years of going on stage and sincerely writing jokes, like falling in love with the process mm-hmm. and writing all of that stuff, man. And I feel like there's a new generation that's kind of like, man, how do I start hosting at the club? And you're like, dude, finish that joke that you write that never works, man. And it's like, if you put in the work, I feel like comedy does like, you might not become famous. That's a real fact, but you might get work and you will get to like mm-hmm. make some money to do what you love. And so you don't have to like drive Uber all the time. You know what I mean? So I feel like, do you, mm-hmm. do you notice that at all? I feel like there's this new wave of comics that are just like, I'm entitled. Like, when do I start doing it? I'm like, you have oh, yeah. to go, you have to be, you have to be known at the club by everyone. And then maybe the manager gives you a shot. You better, but it comes with everything, dude. That Like I'll see guys go to the club and they pass up like, waitresses they'll pass up they're talking shit to people and you're like you don't know that that person bartending also manages and they also used to be a comic and they're also a friends with the person who is the newest booker at this other club and so many comics just show up and they're like i'm gonna be unlikable and not put in the like those the work you know what i mean it's such a weird thing i feel like it's it's like if you want to get a job from anybody you don't go to that job and make anyone who works there feel uh, anything but delighted to see you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, we, I, we, I had a guy. It's it's a comic here in Cleveland that uh he came and did my show and he he kind of like snapped at me like why you got me going uh first I should why you got me early I'm trying to be, I'm trying, I should be going last I'm the funniest guy here I said the fact you think that I said I'm funnier than you and I don't think I'm the funniest guy here like I <laughs> I never think I'm yeah, the funniest man. guy on the show like you feel like no that way. You're lazy you're gonna say some fuck shit. It ain't gonna be funny because you think yeah. you're so funny. No, you have to prove you're funny with every joke. Yeah, and man. You go John, you're speaking you right. It's so crazy. It's and it's it's an insane truth. But they don't know. They literally come in. They're like, I just been watching a lot of comedy on Netflix, so I'm gonna show in and act however I want to get on stage. And you're like, it's a whole community, man. It's a yeah, that whole. Took a lot of time it's too. its own eco. It's its own ecosystem, man. It's it really is. Because yeah, I think that it's uh. I think comics now have this make this distinction that we didn't have to where they either because they're told you got to be on the Internet and funny on stage. And they're trying to do both as opposed to the comics who did one first and then yeah. try to venture to the other one. So some comics yeah. who are really good at content creating online or they're funny. They get booked by comedy clubs. So we have to figure out how to do that in real time. And that's an easier sure. thing to do than just trying to be. I'm going to hit this open mic and do this skit tomorrow. It's like, well, you're doing a lot of mediocrity. You're producing a lot of mediocre shit right now. You're not yeah. getting better at either one of them. All you're getting better at is being busy, which is sure. not accomplishing anything. So well, I think, and it's, it, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, it, they just get lost in that trying to be famous shit. Cause you yes. see the, you see the follows. You think that means that you're going to be famous next. Yeah. You understand a lot of those people who are on TV, been on TV for five years or 10 years. Right. You're not new. In any yes. game, 
Like you got to start oh. somewhere. Yes. But you don't, you're not a new person, an overnight um, celebrity that doesn't exist. Sure. And it's like, I can't even think, I'm trying to even think of like, especially in comedy, it's like, there's no real, I can't think of any like savants. Like there's no one who's just like, dude, since they started, it's like everyone had to like have these like learning processes and grow and try to figure out how to become a comic. And like you said, like if you, if you start doing comedy and you're doing podcasts and you're trying to figure it all at once, it's like how you don't even do that when you play sports. You're not like, well, right now I'm trying to be the best football player and baseball player because they're all different avenues dude it's like and there are comics who do do that like my friend libby dude she what she got vine famous and now she's in the comedy clubs and it's like the learning curve is different but i dude she's really good and i've seen some comics who are online and the learning curve is so much harder and it's like they're just different things just because you can paint with acrylic doesn't mean you can go online and then sketch like on a computer like it's a different it's literally a different test and so i feel like that learning curve it's like there's going to be the curve but you have to submit to it and i feel like like right now i don't i want to make a podcast and i'm like i i i never have done one because i never knew and i had an idea the other day that i was like i don't know maybe i'd run with that and i'm like but before i do that i want you got to make sure you're set up with stand-up you're like can i de dedicate enough time to the thing that i love doing to then start doing this other thing in tandem with it. You know what I mean? Cause it's hard. Like you don't go, you're not like, Oh, I'm going to go to school and get a crazy, ex like a, a job that pays a lot too. You're like, no, you have to focus on school. And then later you can get your master's while going to school because you've learned how to balance college with work. But like, I do think you need to focus on one or learn them both in tandem, but it's going to be a, it takes a while. It's, it's hard. You got to be able to have one as a point of reference. So if you're, yeah. do, if you're good at skits, and you translate the stand up, you do know what you a punchline. And that's so funny because that's what civilians call them. I always feel like I love when you're like skits. I thought they were called sketches, but I'm like, maybe they're just called skits now. Maybe we'll just call them skits. It's so yeah. funny. You call them skits? Yeah. If it's like an internet, if somebody does an internet sketch and it's recorded, whether it's yeah. improv or scripted, yeah, I call it a sketch. I mean, I call it a skit. Yeah, it's a skit. Yeah. I When people call it a skit, I always, because they'll say this like, hey, in your little skit, and I'm like, you are so demeaning to me right now. <laughs> Do you not That's feel like that? Like, for you. Hey, how's your little, how's your little skit? You're like, oh yeah, me and my little notebook are doing great, man. We're doing good. Me and my microphone that I sleep on at night. Me and my skits are doing good. <laughs> yeah, but like if you sketch it, yeah. If you do a, a internet video, you know how to tell a joke. It might take a. You're not doing the same speed, but you do know how to to express something funny. Yes. So if you learn that you're expressing something funny and you know what makes the joke funny, yeah. you've got to take that point of reference and change the speed of it. Same with uh, if you're doing stand-up, you want to try and translate the internet videos. You got to know that, okay, my stand-up is the shortest amount of words to express an idea that's funny. Now you got to open up those words. Now it's a paragraph for one joke because it, you can layer it because you got visuals with you. You can act yeah. out more with your face. This is a different thing, but you know how to tell a joke. You got to learn how to tell a joke first. No matter how you do it, I would say do one or the other first and have that as a point of reference. But when oh, people yeah. try to do I, both yeah. at the same time, it's like you're going to take yourself longer. If you get good at it, that's one thing, but your point of reference is from a stand-up. Like if you look at Saturday Night Live, those writers were either stand-up comedians who stopped to become better writers or are still doing stand-up. Oh yeah, man. I do a lot of, yeah. I like recently wrote for this commercial and it's a completely different task. Like when I sit down, I don't get, it's not the same headspace of whenever I write stand up 
because it's for a different voice. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's the same way too. Like even think about any comic you like, and when you hear them on their podcast, it's a different version of them. And you can, you, we live now in a time where you can go far enough back to either see them be bad at one or the other. It was either their first podcast where they're like, uh, <clears throat> all right, well, I guess I'm starting this thing. And it's like, you're nervous because it's a new thing. It's just like, just because you date a girl and you guys break up doesn't mean you're always going to be good at dating every girl in the future. Mm-hmm. You, it's a different learning process with every yeah, you have to, and I think some people think that by doing everything in comedy, it'll make you better at all of them. And it's like, no, it'll make you okay at all of them. Like, and yeah. I, I'm like, cause I know, dude, when I started, po- I was like, you know, I was started podcast. And I was like, man, I don't really want to be bad at something. And like during this pandemic, I don't, have you been writing? Just be like, have you been doing writing and shit? And yeah, I, I even write skits. A, have you been writing skits? <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote. I actually, uh, I actually did a script. Uh, one, I, I just finished a whole script for a mini series. Um, with another comic and now I'm gonna try and do a like a, a biopic type um silly thing too. I'm gonna try and write. Now that I got that muscle, it's like yeah, I still want to play funny. Totally. And that actually is perfect because that leads into my point because I and I don't know about you, I couldn't really write stand up in any way, but I did write some I did write some sketches for a show that I want to make. I did write, uh, I did like write an outline for, you know, the commercial or whatever, but it's like beyond that, I had trouble like writing, like just writing. Do you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. feel like it's always nice to then jump into it. Cause I'm like, I'm not good at logging into my computer. I'm good at showing up to a club, grabbing the microphone and starting. So then I, the process of sitting down and then writing something on a computer it's a new process. It's harder. It's like different. Like, and that's why it, during, and that's why I asked because during the pandemic, I just stopped. I was like, I'm trying to write, but I don't know for what. And it's, it doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel like the same process. So I started learning guitar because I'm really mm. fucking bad at guitar. And when you're bad at something, it can remind you how good you are at something else. So I feel like that's what I've been trying to do because like, I felt weird. I felt like a failed comic. I'm like, I can't write. I can't do anything, but every comic I reach out to that I was like, my friends are like, dude, I can't write either. And I'm like, but then I started writing sketches because I can, I can pick out a silly thing to write about that exists in that way of like guy goes to a movie theater or whatever, but to write mm-hmm. stand up, it's it comes from an honest place. It's a different thing. So that's why like you can't focus on something you're worse at. So I feel like right now there's a lot of comics that it's like, it's easier to focus on a podcast because you can't go on stage. So right now people who are starting podcasts and taking them seriously, you know, it's like that's that now you learn that now you get the time to learn that. Cause you're not like, Oh, I'm going to go to work, then come do my podcast, then go to an open mic and then snap on the highway because I'm so goddamn stressed for my entire day. It's like, you're just going to be okay at every one of those things that you did that day. You're not going to be really good at one thing. You need that dedication and focus. And I feel like, especially with stand up, like musicians, all the, any musician that doesn't do stand up, they're like, I don't know how you do stand up. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how you play music, but that's mathematically. Once you figure it out, it gets boring. Stand up never gets boring to me. I'm always like, it's always this thing that you think you can attain and you look down in your hands and you don't have it. It just, it goes right. It's like sand. It just falls through. You always mm. have to keep reconfiguring it all the time. It's like you make a sandcastle, the waves come up and you got to rebuild the next day, dude. Like, like it's crazy. I heard a basketball analogy the other day and he was like, even if you score 50 points, 
the next game you all start at zero. And I'm like, that's how stand-up is. And people forget that. Mm-hmm. They go, they're good, they get one good set and they're like, I'm always a killer. And I'm like, no, it's always proving that you're a killer, dude. We all think we're killers. We all think we're the goat. Like we all <laughs> think we're the greatest of all time. But you gotta catch a body. Time. You do you have gotta to try you to, yes. go up there and you gotta score fit. You gotta average 50. Scoring 50 is nice. Yes. You gotta yes. average 50 if you really want to stand out. Yes. It's yeah, it's crazy. And as a guy who's not a sports guy, I think I've used like three sports and like it's very obvious that I was looking into the Michael Jordan documentary and everything. I'm just like Michael Jordan, this basketball, because I do I was just talking to my buddy the other day, the podcast we were thinking about talking about is he knows so much about sports. And I literally like come in like and we're roommates, I come in like his girlfriend. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, Oh my god. You want me to explain a dynasty to you, right? <laughs> you want me to explain, um, you want me to catch you up? Oh, My boy had the best Jordan Michael right Jordan documentary joke. Uh, we were watching that. He, he doesn't have ESPN. You know, he's he's a millennial. Like, we don't have cable. So I, I got ESPN. So we're watching it. And I was showing him uh, one of the episodes, and Michael Jordan had his son in front of him. He's like, who's that kid with, with, with uh, Michael Jordan? I said, like, oh, that's his son. They're like, oh shit, is that Michael B. Jordan? I said, nigga, that's the funniest dumb shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh my I, God. <laughs> he was being funny, but we literally laughed at how somebody in the world asked that question, though. Somebody said that same conversation and meant it. My God. Like, you think Michael B. is Michael B. Jordan, Michael oh Jordan? Oh my son? God. And I, we literally, I was on the floor that's laughing. Tr- yeah, because why wouldn't you think that? I dude, that's so funny because you and then he's also closer to that generation too, where it's like you don't know who Michael Jordan is. You're like, wait, you mean Michael B. Jordan? Exactly, from like, Black, Panther? Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, like of course I know the fuck he is. It's a great movie. He's one of the best oh villains. It's the Joker. It's like no, 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 dude. I just we were just talking about that because I we dude when you watch the movie The Black Panther, it does have that Disney feel to where it's really I think it's awesome, but it feels Disney. But dude, his character. Even the guy who's the who's the other villain that's played by the guy who plays Schmeagel? What's that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the um, his arm was gone. Yeah, that guy. He plays like very evil, but dude, Michael B. Jordan's hate in his eyes and his anger. It's like we watch that, and I'm like, dude, I would watch a whole movie about just that character guy, like getting to where he did make an yeah. origin movie about him. Dude, he is that kid is fucking mad <laughs> it's, yeah this that character good. was so well written it made the smithsonian make a uh press release about the art they have and how it wasn't stolen that for real because that, that that started a whole debate about museums and their arrogance about displaying stolen work and it was like no 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 we have been fact checking with these experts like they try and they just try to defend themselves because they had to because now it's like it, how are museums a thing if we're going to clean house on a lot of shit, how are <laughs> yeah, museums man. literally displaying stolen work from a whole other culture, a whole tribe that's dead now? They're just showing off and you can't touch it. Even if you're, even if you're descendants of that shit, you can't even see this thing because hey, the curator feels your, so. We mistreat, yeah, dude. Could you imagine if that existed in like a neighborhood you grew up in? You're like, hey, not only did we mistreat your family for generations, would you like to pay to come inside and look at some of the stuff that we took from them a long time ago. You're like, no, it used to be in my house, dude. Yeah. That stuff is crazy. After everything that's going on in like in the world right now, it's like, yeah, all of a sudden someone will bring up museums and I'm still fucking wide enough that I'm like, Oh yeah, those things are bad. Those aren't 
just a day off. You're like, how'd you get that, man? Do you think, do you think that tribe sent that to you, FedEx? Do you think that they sent it to the museum? I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, man. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we were all learning that were like, not, not that you shouldn't learn it, but you have to really set yourself up in, to start reading to check that stuff out because I was almost like one day I'm like hey let's go check this out and I'm like hey we should go to the zoo and I'm like I just watched the documentary Big Fish I'm like are they good to those animals I was like mm-hmm. I forgot you know what I mean you watch documentaries and you're like you just you grow up with this thing where you think stuff's not bad and then you're like oh shit I, just because they take you on a bus to go see a museum doesn't mean that one day the statue out front not, might not get taken down because it's a confederate soldier oh, <laughs> it's crazy I've seen it was a video I'm, I'm gonna send you this YouTube link when we get off uh, here, I'm seeing you. You see YouTube. I texted to you. Yeah, yeah. It's a guy recalling when he was in like the third or fourth grade, and they went to a plantation. He's a black child. I know what you're talking about. Where they're all laughing. Fucking, yeah, and his mom lost it. Like you ain't gonna go that fucking ever again. They're not gonna have you picking cotton to show you how it was. And it was the funniest. Like, yeah, if you don't have context of a lot of shit, it changes everything. Doesn't uh, he say? Doesn't he? Is that the same video where the guy's like? We were having fun. Yes. We were singing songs. And I was like, oh, my God. The adults God. Need to go to hell for that. Because they knew what they were doing. Yeah, the man. adults knew what they were doing. The children are just That's the problem. Fun. That's the problem, dude. I, dude, I went to, I was at an all-white Catholic school whenever I was in, like, fifth grade. And I was just thinking about this the other day, dude, because we were, like, we had just left a protest. So we were just, like, chatting about the world that we live in. <laughs> and I was like thinking about when I was in fifth grade, we did a play uh, for, I don't remember what story we told, but it was like, a, it was a story about how like they freed the slaves. Like, Hey, aren't we awesome? And guess what? We don't have any black kids in my class. <laughs> and luckily I played a guy from the past who helped discover America, I think, which that's still not great. But then one of my buddies actually like, played one of the kids in my class he had to play a slave and what white teacher would not be like hey why don't we just explain this to you instead of doing a play he didn't do blackface but he played a slave and i'm like that's not okay but when you're a kid you're like well i don't want to flunk drama (laughs) so i better do that isn't that fucking crazy john it's insane like is and i you know the one thing i'm realizing now because i was watching um i watched hitch with Will Smith on Netflix recently. And oh, yeah, with, uh, I think, I, I know what you're talking about. I think I saw that a long time ago. Yeah, with uh, the guy Kevin, from King of Queens. Kevin James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people think that uh, that movie's really good. But if you watch it now with our new 2020 eyes, you see how Hitch was really just manipulating great women to fall for losers. <laughs> He's manipulating. He's got one girl... He has her dog run into the street, gives the dog to the square. Square goes, tells a cab to pull up, and he lays in front of it like he saved the dog. So now she's like, oh, my God, this man tried to save my dog. He's so sensitive. She gives him credit, and then they go out and shit. And it's like, man, this is the most... Yeah. It's so diabolical that Will Smith is just manipulating women, and we think this nigga's a great date doctor. And it's like, yo, he's a piece of shit. Like, Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, that's funny. I never even, re- I never thought about that because I've never, I haven't watched that movie in years. Yeah. He's like, oh, dude, you're fat. <laughs> dude, she'll like you if you just are nicer yeah. than other just guys. Just be confident. He like, be confident. Like, be like Heavy D and Rick Ross. 
They are confident fat boys who got pussy. Look at Biggie. Biggie had a he had two mistresses. He didn't. Yeah. Be but I'll be. Yeah, but did he? I don't because I I agree that in 2020 you can, you can't tr you should never trick anybody. But what did I don't I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Was he teaching them how to be better dudes, or was he just like fall in the street and let them pick you up? Yes. Okay. Was, yeah, that's he, a setup. That's, like, a, that's, yo, a, that's, a, that's like a sting. Is that like a sting operation or something? That's first, like a heist. That's like a first heart heist. Minutes. The first 15 minutes of a hitch. He's literally manipulating these guys. To, hey. Wear this. The guy like, this ain't really feel like me. He said, you bought the shit, so it's you. I'm like, oh, he's down there making these dudes rapists on the low. Like, hey. Yeah. She don't yeah. want you. She don't want you. But she, you know, make her want the guy that looks like you, but not you at Dude. all. And That's I'm like, so this movie, funny. you don't, like, some movies, you can't really play them again. Like, I can't play that movie to my daughter. Like, oh, man, you're going to love Will Smith. You like, you think Will Smith's funny? Oh, watch this Will Smith movie where he makes women fall for bum-ass niggas, and it's great. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's so funny you say that. I remember because I was never, I mean, it's very obvious, but I was never good with girls when I was younger. And then, like, as I, whenever it's like you start, like, doing stand-up, and it's like it kind of helps your confidence a little bit. But I never, I didn't know how to dress, and I had a buddy of mine that was like, yo, dude, you wear this. Like, took me to, he's like, you wear H&M, you wear this clothes. And I remember trying on clothes and I looked in the mirror and I was like, it's not worth getting laid. I'll just get laid with who I am. Just because it's like that trick has to feel so much yeah. grosser. Like that movie, that movie stops because it has to be like three months in and the guy's like, you really know that I don't like dogs, right? You know that I didn't want to save that dog that day. It's like, it all, oh my God, that's so funny. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It won't, I do, it, it, I do see rattles. guys like, do, you ever, do you know any of those guys? I feel like I know guys like that that like try to like, they try to like literally spit lines. They're like, Hey, what's up? Uh, I like, this is one thing that I heard. Like, it's guys like, I like to tell girls that they're eights. And I was like, why? He's like, cause it, cause it brings their confidence down and then they'll like you more. I'm like, Oh cool. What are you going to do that? If you guys like end up liking each other, you gonna do that the rest of your life is be like, how do I look baby? Be like hmm, six and a half. And it's actually getting worse day with day. You'll be a five by Christmas. If we're lucky, that's a terrible dude. It's like blase, blase. Like you act like he's not impressed by this woman. And you the yeah. thing about that, she and that's the part they don't show the other side. I think it should be a woman who I would like to see a, a sequel to that movie where a woman is trying to destroy Hitch's career for what he's what she did to him. Cause two different yeah. guys fell for her and she dated both these bums and she wasted some good years of her life because Hitch tricked these niggas to love her. Yeah. Love them. It's just like it should be another, it should be the inverse. It should be the Niggas do the gay shit for pussy. Like that same attitude, <laughs> a woman should tell that story. Like, no, nah, I don't want him. Why am I? Is it that hard to find a good man in the fucking biggest city in the country? These niggas, yeah. Are or do you find a woman? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you're like, maybe, dude, if they don't like you, maybe you just suck. Maybe you don't need to find trick games. Like, just, yeah, that's so crazy. Maybe you don't deserve her. Like, that's always yeah. an option. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Because those books that treat that hitch stuff, like, the, the, the thing like what was that show a long time ago where that guy dressed ridiculous and he was like the hookup artist you know what i'm talking about like the the kind of it was like some show on mtv and this guy was like he looked oh my like, god he was like had like all black. it's a from a long time ago i don't remember what it was but he would basically like tr like the hitch thing and i'm just from it's all this stuff coming back it was such a a snapshot in time where they're like yo this is what you say to girls but they never does that guy come talk to him after like they've been dating for three months and he's like now what do I do, dude? I can't exactly. keep I can't keep saying the dogs. He's like, 
uh, maybe now you cook for them. Like, oh, it's so stupid. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like if, if you really look back, and I told my uh, homegirl this, the 2000s were a very dark period of entertainment for us. We were figuring a lot of shit out wrong. Yeah, man. Soul Plane came out. Soul Plane is so racist to everybody. Like, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. So bad. It's such a bad movie because it's like, it's black people, yeah, but only character who really had any type of like, he wasn't bad. Like, he didn't like characterize his people was D.L. Hughley. He's the only guy who's in the movie just as a regular dude, just on some regular dude shit. He wasn't like an exaggerated version of a black person. Tom Arnold's in there being the white, white man. His wife is in there being the white, white woman who's sexually deprived because a white man has a small penis and here's these big black niggas around us playing. It's the dumbest movie. The oh daughter's trying God. to figure out what she likes and she goes to a nightclub and does her whole Save the Last Dance moment with a bunch of black people. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. And I'm like, before I thought it was like, they give it hard on Kevin Hart, but I watched it now and I'm like, oh, this shit should never be made. Somebody, <laughs> some of the lines were horrible. Oh my god! I've never seen it. Should I? Is it? That, should I watch it? Oh, if, it you like wanna, if you want to, if you want to see, a, it's like if you want to see a character of two thousand and four, watch yeah. that movie because it had the Yin Yang Twins and Little John in it. Uh, oh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of comedians in there. There's a lot. Isn't Lonnie Loves in that movie? I think there's like a uh, lot of comedy. Monique, yeah, Lonnie Love it. Lonnie Love, Monique, some yeah, more. Yeah. Brian Hooks, Snoop Dogg, Godfrey, Kevin Hart, Katie Albert. Uh, John Witherspoon is great, but John Witherspoon played oh, John Witherspoon in everything. Like that's why I love him so much. He played himself in everything he did, from the yeah. dad in Boomerang to the blind man in uh, fucking Air, uh, Soul Plane. Same dude, and a dad yeah. on the Wayans Brothers and Grandpa. Same guy. He's like, uh, yeah. You don't have too many guys like that where you can just be the same and still be entertaining for fucking forty de- four decades. That is exactly that's the savant we were talking about. Like the guy who's funny for his friends, but then also doesn't change a oh. thing about him, and is then funny on stage too. I, I feel think like Robin always, Williams like, is Tracy that. Morgan. I feel yeah. I feel like Tracy. I'm trying to think of some guys like Tracy Morgan. They've always said is just one of those guys. Like what you see, like when Tina Fey would like write lines for him. They're like, I I, I write his character, and then I just let him go. I'm like, here's what I want you to do in the scene. Just do it because you're actually that funny. It's like what they always ask comics: like, just start being funny. But some people are like that because they're not turning it on. They don't. They don't turn it off. It's just how they exist. And uh, yeah, I never got to see Witherspoon. He came to Saint. I never got to see him before he passed. But yeah, it's that's that level of just killing, just being able to just walk into a room and kill. And I might misquote this, but there, I think there's a, isn't there a John Witherspoon interview? Have you ever seen it? Where my buddy was just telling me about this, where he was like. John Witherspoon, like, I guess it was after he passed away. He's like, there's this cool interview with, I think his son's there. And he's like, uh, oh yeah, I read what, I read this about you on Wikipedia. And he's like, what John Witherspoon's like, what's Wikipedia? And he goes, oh, Wikipedia is just this website where if I type your name, it comes up and it says all this stuff. He's like, what does it say about me? And he pulls it up and he didn't even know he was on the internet. And John Witherspoon goes, well, that is pretty cool. And he's just a chill guy. Like he just likes that he's on the internet. He's not like, yeah, of course I'm on there. Like he did. Oh no, no, it was about a podcast. Sorry. He goes. He goes. Uh, I messed it up. I can't believe. I'm so embarrassed that I. It, he's on a podcast. That's what it is. He was on a podcast, and the guy's talking with. Him. He just thought they were just like having an interview. He's like, yeah. he's like, what is a podcast? He goes, you're on one right now. People can hear you talk. Like later. He goes, oh well, that is pretty cool. He's like, if you started a podcast, people would love it. It was that Joe Rogan interview. I did the worst fucking job of telling that 
entire story. You're like, yeah, we both like basically were like, hey, listen to this episode if you want to hear Soul Plane explained. And then us talk about a John Witherspoon bit that will just get butchered. Um, no, but I also think Robin Williams is that kind of guy. Tracy Morgan. Uh, John Witherspoon, of course. Yeah, man. Uh, who else is a comic that I don't think ever really had to turn it up? I think Mike Epps might be that silly, but I don't. Re- I'm not really sure. I don't yeah, know about too many. To think, yeah. I don't know as many white guys that are that that animated now. Like I don't think I think white guys went to this very calm, low level. No one like, wants us. <laughs> so we're just like hey, we're just happy to be at the party. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you got guys like John Mulaney, who I don't know. He doesn't seem like himself on stage. He, he doesn't seem like he's always that chipper, um, sarcastic person. Like, I sure. think he's uh, he's performing his ass off, but I don't think he's really that um, angry at the world outwardly. Maybe internally, yeah. yeah. You say on, on stage, you say a lot of shit to get out of your system, but in off stage, you are a nice person. Like you said before, you can't yeah. be the arrogant asshole and then be like, yeah, why not in the club yet? Well, nobody likes you. That's I, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I'm trying to think, I think of the only white, I think the only white guys I can think of would be like, I think that dude, Tim Dillon, I feel like he's mm-hmm. always the same guy. I feel like he, I saw him live and on his podcast, he's the same way. I feel like, I feel like uh, Chad Daniels, you know what I mean? But I, I feel love like that Chad is, Daniels, man. Bro. His new special was fucking amazing. I still haven't seen channels. it. Dude. I haven't seen it. I've not gotten to see it yet. I'll just check it out. It's on Make Him Laugh TV right now. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to watch it. That's cool. Yeah, I never. It's funny. I, I, I'm <laughs> so, dude, have, do you watch? I haven't watched much stand-up during the pandemic because I feel like All I can't watched. go out. I, oh, man. I, I can't because I feel like I miss it too much. The only thing I watched, I watched The Chappelle, but that wasn't really stand-up. That was like, like award thing. what everyone else would say. I felt like, going to cho- felt like going to church. Yeah, the thing he did in Ohio, like in his oh, backyard. Oh, yeah, that really. I didn't think that was really, I feel like that was more him. I feel like that was him trying to tell us all that comedy's coming back. That's how I took it. Like, okay, let's start preparing for what comedy's going to be like. We got to start being good again. Like, if we're going to talk for people, you know, be fair. Like, that's one thing I like. Yeah, go ahead. No, please, please keep going. uh, um, Like, the one thing for me, why I can't, it's hard for me to write stand-up is because stand-up usually reports the world. And if the world stopped, the only issue we have is racial tension and yeah. a pandemic, which is not really humor because people are dying in both cases. And if you're a black person, it's really hard to talk about because it's just as bad. Think about this, the same energy it happened where if I say the name Donald Trump on stage, people already assume I'm against him. Yeah. No matter what I say, like, and then you got Donald Trump. Now, no matter what I say next, people assume I'm against him. If I say anything positive about him, they're shocked. So I talk about anything. If I say anything about all lives of that whole argument, they already know my stance. So it's kind of hard to tell jokes about topics when people already assume you going to say this. Like, it's no fun when the audience feels that way. A comic might hear you and think, oh, he might go this direction. And if you don't, that's cool. But if an audience member who's like a civilian has a whole idea like, oh, he's a black guy. He's going to talk about this stuff. He don't talk about police brutality. He don't talk about white people shouldn't be saying. Uh, he gonna make jokes about Karen. It's like I'm not really. I don't give a fuck. Like white women been white women. We know that shit. Like it's not. They don't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. But well, I can't and then what do you do? What, yeah. I talk about my girlfriend. And what, I talk about yeah, her, and, and I got about another couple months still 
there's gonna be another girl I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but you can talk. I don't know, man. I feel like if I get that assumption, but that's why audiences aren't comics because they're not cool. They're they don't yeah. know how to talk. They're civilians. And it's like I feel like I I totally understand what you mean that you're gonna go up there and as soon as you say Donald Trump, they're gonna be like. The only other thing you could be is this hard right wing guy that they're like, wow, really? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But you'll be the Hodge twins or some shit. Like, yeah, but people don't want to listen to that, man. And it's like that's that's why I like I know you and we've we we're in the trenches of figuring it out. You're like, how do I figure out how to be funny? So I'm like, if you want to say that you figured out, because just like you said, dude, like if you bring up Donald Trump, people are gonna assume what you think about him. And I feel very different because i feel like when i bring up donald trump people are like oh yeah this white guy might be on our side and i have to then but you can uh, yeah but you have just a so you know I don't. i'm not a quick i'm not trying to be like yo i got just as many problems what a shitty dude i'd be like no 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 no, 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 no. the black guy but my point no, is, no, is that i'm saying I'm like, you have a luxury I, with that though you have a luxury yeah, for, i definitely have a luxury don't, for sure like, i have a luxury don't run from it though don't feel yeah. bad. I mean, it's good to be able to have a to be able to have an idea and explain it without any bias that's why comics are so fun because we can yes. do ideas without bias. We can tell you what we we can tell you how we feel. Yeah, and man. Everybody now is doing the snap judgment shit, which is really bad for stand up. Because yeah. everyone feels like they know what stand up should be, which is the worst. Because Netflix is good and bad in that way that you see the stand up you want to see, and the shit you don't want to see, you ignore it. So now you think that the only thing that is stand up is what you want to see. You go to a comedy club, you bought a ticket for one person, and you're gonna see two others. You don't have no idea who the fuck they are. So yeah. it's like. People who are at comedy needs to really change how we get it to people. Uh, live streaming might be a new way, but then it's like, are we doing funny TED Talks? Because that's what it's, it feels like it might have to go there for a while so we can survive. Where we might have to give, give niggas a funny TED Talk where we just talking, but jokes are in there as opposed to being fast where every sentence is a, is a laugh. You know, you can't really roar with Junior that shit where every sentence starts firing and you're getting 29 laughs in five minutes. Like you, sometimes yeah. you gotta slow it down because you don't have that that equity with people. They might assume they know what you're gonna say, so they can ignore you. Where do you and where do you sit with that? Where do you do you like the idea of trying to push stand up on like Zoom and online no. platforms, or do we? What do you? Yeah, because I don't. Think I so like want to wait it out. Uh, I, I like to be in the room. Like, do other stuff. Yeah, yeah I like to be in the room and talk about the issues we have. I like town hall meetings. I, as a lot of show I do now, 20 people, the most we getting in there. And yeah, I saw pictures from that. Yeah. How was the yeah. first show? How was the show? Uh, it was, we had 12 show up total. We had 20 and I stopped the, I stopped the RZPs at 20 and people didn't show, which is great with me. Um, and I only had three. People out more. Yeah. I only had four comics. It was uh, me, a uh, guy named Blake Haywood, who's like my host. He was the host of my show before the um, pandemic. Then it was Mary Santora, who's a friend of mine. And then Jimmy. I know Mary. She's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I had those. Two. I feel like Mary and Jimmy were going to be great. Mary did new shit. It was fun. And Jimmy went That's off. That's really cool. Jimmy was my. Jimmy had started set off like, we're all fucking psychos. He said, you understand yep. that comedy is such an addictive thing. It almost killed D.L. Hughley. And it, he's a white guy. First sentence out of his mouth to a black crowd was, it almost killed D.L. Hughley. And he just talked about how we love stand-up so much. We're doing this shit, wearing masks and gloves. And it says, John's jerking off a goddamn microphone to clean it off between every comic. <laughs> like, he has three, he gave everybody their own mic and said, hold your mic. Like, it's a piss cup. Like, he... Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, John smokes weed now. Like, John's going yeah. through it. Like, 
He said he, can't, he, he knows me. So he's just going off and he just addressed all the elephants in every room and just Yeah, talk about, that's good. That's oh, what, that, and that's, that's what's the best is then whenever this moment of a pandemic happens, if you've been practicing stand-up, you get to really exist in that moment and then be like, yo, this is crazy. Even John's fucking getting high, dude. <laughs> yeah, like Jimmy Graham was like, he is set. I wish, I don't, you know what? I don't wish I recorded it. But I'm so happy and grateful that I, I was know what you in mean, the room. Because you like that it existed in that moment. Yeah, like I like sometimes the yep. room is better to have those words. We say that everybody, because if somebody wants to be mad at you, they're not going to listen to you. Yeah. Like if I wanted to fight you or whatever, if I didn't think you were funny or whatever disagreement we might have, if we're on this situation, I'm going to be kind of a dick. I'm going to not let conversations go where you get your whole thought, like your whole thought mm-hmm. out. It won't be, it'll be condescending. It'll be rude. It's just like, when people don't like you, they make their energy fucked up to express your ideas. If I'm yeah. trying to do comedy for the internet, they some people are just coming to be dicks. Yeah, man. But that's what it's good. That's why it's good with like you having a podcast and stuff too. It's because like people, you're gonna find your fans. Like you're gonna find like the people who want to listen to you instead of like trying to do that online show. If it like, which I'm not against those. I'm just like I feel like you. I'm like I want to be in the room, and I feel like. That's the thing. And it's like, dude, we're almost in like a renaissance. The world of like, the world has to change now. We've like, we have too many goddamn people. We have so much, the world is so hot right now. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things. So this break for all of the comics, I feel like it's going to like, it kind of shakes off the people who are like, ah, I kind of want to do this. And then it leaves people like you to be like, I'm just going to take a break from it and let your mind settle a little bit. It kind of gives you that call. I'm like, to really rethink about the things that you like, really think yeah. about what you truly find to be funny and what you truly want to focus on. And I feel like what you want to work on next, like I feel like after this like break, like after not doing stand up for, it was like three, it was March 7th, I think was the last time I was on stage. And then I just performed at the end of June and I woke up that day and you know that it's like, you forget about the anxiety you get with stand up because eventually you just start doing it. So you get like used to it and you're like, oh, it doesn't give me anxiety. I woke up that morning. John, I was like, I literally was like, oh, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not an anxiety guy. Like I, I'm like, I have it like everyone else, but I'm like, I woke up I'm like, oh no, no, it's today. It's today. I didn't write it. And it's like, it freaked me out. And to remember that fear almost reset me. And after I did the shows that weekend, now I can write stuff. Cause I remember that fear of being like, what if I'm not ever funny again? What if I never make it work so i feel like that like to stop and to really rewrite a joke is like that's the renaissance that we're in because you gotta you gotta do that you gotta go on stage now and if you get a chance during the pandemic to go on you can try your old set or you can go on stage like your buddy and just be like what is going on oh yeah i don't like the new set i mean i'm doing all new shit the old set is done like i might if i get a chance to record it all in one shot i'll record it and be done with it and just try and see if the world cares if it was even funny in this new situation, but I really like, you know what? Maybe that was, everybody got to now start at zero. We all thought we could drop 50. Well, drop 50 again. Yep. I mean, some comments, they should be able to, you know, whatever's comfortable for some people. I'm not saying you can't do your set. I just know that my shit is, it doesn't, I'm not even the same person. Like, no. I was doing jokes about how uh, I don't have a kid and kids are stupid. Yep. And now, now you- paint the nursery. <laughs> yeah so it's like I'm a different yeah. person so I can't even tell those jokes it's not like a song a song you can perform the greatest hits and it's not the same because the song's the emotion but the set is the person 
expressing ideas. If I don't feel that shit, it's going to sound like a robot. Yeah. I'm and I love that emotions. fear. I love that fear. I love that fear of like the bomb of writing a new set because you can't, you, mm-hmm. when you, re- when you really try to like write a, a completely new set, all of a sudden you're like, you're, I'm, I know this feeling and it's the worst. And I don't know if you can relate, but I'm like, I'll be off stage. I'm like, oh, I'm doing all these jokes. And then all of a sudden the comic before me goes on and then I'm like, well, maybe I'll still use my opener. And then you get on stage and then you do your opener and it doesn't hit. So then you'll just fall into your old set. And I'm like, damn it. And that's how hard it is to like, try to work yourself out of that and write new jokes. So that's why I feel like the pandemic's good. Cause it forces you. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to go back and listen to my same set for another three months. I'm like, I'm ready to work on new jokes. But when I did go to the club because I was hosting, I did do a lot of my old jokes. I tried a lot of new stuff. I grew in a lot of ways, but I just did my, I did the set I didn't do. I was like, I'm ready to do a new set because I was hosting. I was like, dude, if you bomb, the rest of the show is going to be a bad time. Oh, it's going to be on you. It's going to be on you. Yeah, man. So what is your, I'm going to let you get out of here. It's like, I'm going to ask you these two questions. What was yeah, your man. favorite bomb? Like what's the, what's your legendary bomb? And it's not a favorite, like it's the best that happened to you, but what's your biggest bomb that you've had? Since you've been funny, because I, I mean, I, the first time you bomb is usually the worst for some people. But what's yeah. your biggest bomb? Well, yeah, it's funny because it does when you start when you bomb the first time, it doesn't it, it like hits, but it doesn't hit that, that hard. But then when you're good and then you'll go on stage and you're like, I literally was on stage once and I was like bombing. It was this outdoor show. This isn't the story I was going to tell, but this lady just, I hear her and she's like, I'm like, what'd you say? And I tried to come back with a cool, like crowd work bit. And she just out loud said right to me. She just goes, I'm just trying to figure out if you're funny or not. And I was like, yeah, that, that really cut to the core. And that was like one of those bombs to where you're like, Oh yeah, dude, this jokes, these jokes aren't for everybody. And this crowd's not liking me. So I need to change it up. But I feel like one of the hardest bombs that I can remember uh, and if we have time after it, I'll, I'll tell you another one because it's an acting one. It's actually something that happened like at an audition. That was the worst. It felt way worse than a bomb on stage because it's just a different feel. But I think one of the worst times I can remember, uh, I bet I'll remember a better one later, but I bombed on stage and it wasn't, it, nef- it, def- it wasn't because I had a bad set. I missed, I missed said the headliner's name. Mm. And have you ever done that? Have you ever missed, like, have you ever misspoke? Brett. Terhune. I know, Brent, yeah, Brent. Brent. We had a weekend, and I shit you not. I literally the first night, the first two nights, the Thursday show, and the first Friday show, I didn't say Terhune right, and uh, he's pulled me aside and said, "Man, I don't care." But he yeah. was like the only guy that's like his hard name. He know, but then by the end of the Friday show, I got it right. But because uh, the dude, the dude just gave it to me on the card. So I know how to say it, really. So I just made it. I said, like, Terthune or some shit. I said it butchered the fuck out of it. Then yeah. he told well, me that happens right. sometimes, too. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, he said Terhune. I said, okay. Then I yeah. said, right. But was like, yeah, I fucked his name up. And it was like, yeah, having the last name Bruton, you would assume that your name's fucking hard to say, too. People should, you should have some compassion. Yeah. Bruton. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got for a while. Yeah. And it's funny. I I think even, I mean, people mess up people's names all the time. I think that, uh, isn't there like a Fallon set that we're like, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Nate Bargatze. And I was like, I thought it was Bargatze. And he's like, Hey, 
if Jimmy Fallon says that's your name, I guess that's your name, man. <laughs> it's like, so, but I did this show and I'm, I grew up like so like closed off. Like it was already kind of a rural area. And my parents, like, I was such a loud, wild kid that they're like, we're not going to let you go to parties and stuff. Cause you'll definitely, you'll party out. Like you'll have, you'll, we know how you're going to be because your dad was like that. So we're not going to let you go. So I was like, I never really like, I, I had like experiences, but there was a lot of things I was sheltered from. And that's important for me bombing because when I was a kid, I used to read these skate magazines and they're like thrasher and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a skater and his name's Jeff Rowley, but his name is spelled like G E O F F. <laughs> and I always in my, because I didn't ask any of my friends. I was like, Oh, G off Rowley. I just kept saying that. So then fast forward to one of my first, like one of my like early hosting weeks and I'm hosting for Jeff Tate. He's a oh, comic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm hosting for him. And I, the club let me say it all weekend because like, hey, do you want to host this weekend? And they didn't say the name. And I was like, yeah, dude, for G off. And they must have heard me and no one cared. I'm like, uh, yeah, G off, G off Tate. And I kept saying it. And I, dude, I get him on stage. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, you know him from because I asked him for his credits because I didn't think to ask him for his name because I was like, how hard is Tate to say? Because I'll always ask if I if it's hard to say, hey, because I'll write it on a paper in case I in case you brain fart or whatever. And I go, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Geoff Tate. And the audience gets so quiet. And then I look off into the darkness and no one's walking on stage. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Did he die or something? Like, am I missing something in the back of the club that I can't see? And I just see him slowly walk on stage. And he, like, gives me, like, a handshake and then just stares into me, just goes, it's fucking Jeff, bro. And just said that, and the audience loses their mind. And dude, I look like so confused. I look all around and I get off stage and I go in the back and everyone at the club's laughing. I was like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, hey, would you think that's a name? I'm like, because when I was a kid, I read that and no one corrected me. And who, why the fuck do people spell it like that? But I actually saw Jeff a couple years later and I talked to him about that. I was like, man, I bombed and he goes, Oh man, I remember that. He goes like, dude, I didn't care. I just had to go on stage and make fun of you. And he's like, I hope I wasn't too mean. I was like, dude, you definitely weren't too mean. I love that. Like when comedians people love, but that feeling of going off stage and knowing that you fucked up that hard. I was just like, Oh, I just sit there for 45 minutes and be like, I can't wait to go up there and be like, Hey guys, sorry. I'm an idiot. G off Katie. And I think that's like the only way I would want him back is like fucking up his name more. Yeah. But Dude, my name is Bobby Jaycox, and I have people bring me up on stages every version of that. So I'm like, I get, I, I don't care. It's like if, if people mess up my name, I'm like, I've messed up one. But that definitely felt the worst because it's like I had had a good set, and you're like, oh man, I'm about to bring up the headliner. I might go in the back of the club. I might grab a beer. I might chill and like mm -hmm. hang out with the other comics. And then you say that, and you just sit in the back, and everyone's like, hey man, you're a fucking idiot. And you're like, yeah, I am a fucking idiot. Yeah, me and Jeff, we stay in the same place in Cincinnati. Uh, we stay at the same. Oh, comics. go bananas! That's yeah, yeah. Bananas. So we stay. We stay at the same comics that uh, like we we both like. Whenever we're in town, we just stay at the same comics house. So we would be like real, like the gayest pen pals ever. We would just leave notes for each other on their refrigerator for each other. Yeah, <laughs> like funny. I didn't. I never met him. I just heard. I I heard about him after I read his letter because he had wrote a letter to them. So I had wrote another letter to him just being a dick. Not a dick, but I, it was nice. It was funny, though. It was like, I was being silly 
and say, hey, how are you going to forget about me? I damn near live here too. And then uh, he had wrote one back to me when I came back to their house in the, like two months. And it was like, we kept going back and forth. And we finally made it that go bananas. I was there one weekend and I just went to go hang out. And he was there. And I'm like, I'm John. He said, oh, shit. And we gave each other a hug. And it was the dumbest fucking in total about comedy. But yeah. <laughs> That's cool. He's no, I do. Hey, off cool my, cousin, like, yeah. my cousin's name is Jeffrey. And I didn't know how to say it. I thought it was Goffrey for a while. When I first, you know, when you're first a child learning language. Yeah, I didn't know. Jeffrey was G E F F. The fuck is this shit? Yeah, yeah <laughs> man. Joffrey. Dude, it's oh, it feels so. It's such a bad feeling. It's such a bad feeling. But that's so funny, dude. Have, where'd you stay? Did you stay at a comics house at Go Bananas? Because yeah, if, you you haven't really stayed at Go Bananas unless you've stayed upstairs where there's like no. a. Have you ever been? There's I an apartment like upstairs. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a guy stays there now. I think the guy who was uh, manager at the time when he moved back, I think he starts staying. Yeah. Yeah, Cam, one time I did a show yeah. up there and I told him I was going to sleep in my car and he goes, follow me. And I was like, what? And he takes me into this, like, you could just, as soon as you start walking, you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. You're going to like drive me home and you'll probably let me stay at your place. And we walk upstairs and we go in this door. I was like, I didn't think that door led anywhere. I thought it was a fake door at, at the top of a comedy club. And we go inside and he's like, couch is yours, whatever you need. And we hung out all night. It was us and a couple of other comics because it was for the competition, the Go Bananas competition. But well, yeah, we hung out there and dude, that I love that city, dude. I love Cam. I love, yeah, it's such a fun, it's it's such a fun vibe up there. I don't know why. It's like there's a couple cities that when you go there, you're just like, man, you guys, you guys do your shows and you can tell you actually all hang. Like, yeah, because the comics, they, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I like their comedy scene as far as the camaraderie more than Cleveland's because you'll go to the club and you'll see comics there hanging out and they're not there to judge you and be a dick. They're just like, oh, hey man, how you doing? Good set. And we didn't you talk? You got new friends now. You're talking about comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some some cities are like, like shit. St. Louis is like that. Uh, well, I know. Oh, I yeah. came there on a great weekend. I came there on like the all star weekend of comedy when it's like fucking of the course. best. So everybody's it's the best fun. of everybody. Yeah, everyone's in there on their a game. Everyone's happy. Yeah, for sure. But that you're right. St. Louis is like that. But everybody was cool. Like comics were just nice and shit. Like I met different comics who lived there, and they were excuse me, they were all nice about it. Like it wasn't like a. Who do you think you are? It was like, hey, man, what y'all doing after this? Like, let's all hang out. I, yeah. It was a great weekend for me. <laughs> I had That's a lot awesome. Of- yeah. I feel like a lot of comics who come through here, because, like, it's so easy, dude. I've told other comics I'm from St. Louis, and then later they're like, where'd you say you're from? Like, St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm like, no, dude. I said St. Louis. It's like, it's such a flyover city. But then when you come here, you literally realize that, like, we do have a good scene. Of course, dude, there's, a, a, there's weird, shitty comics in every scene but we do all foster each other's creativity. Like a lot of people run shows. A lot of people run mics. A lot of people like get each other work and stuff like that. And I, that's why I do like St. Louis. Cause I feel like I get a lot of work from St. Louis and going on the road with certain comics that I like and that take me on the road. And I'm like, it just, it always feels good to be like part of a scene that you enjoy. Cause dude, I've gone to some other scenes and it's, it's brutally sad. It's sad. Cause they're, or like it's the only comedy clubs are when it's like cutthroat to get in there and no one's nice to each other. And it's like, if you can't hang out after shows, it's that's part of the growth, man. It's like, that's part of the growth. And so when you're like, you, you bomb with everybody, you get off stage and then everyone who bombs all goes to steak and shake. And then after a couple of years, you all hanging out, you make each other funnier. And then you're like, wow, I don't suck as bad now. And you're like, it maybe was it because I went on stage all the time? Or was this a couple of times that we went to like have coffee at a Denny's 
and just sat there chatting all night. And those scenes, I think it's like, it's fostered by those scenes, man. That's why I've never, like, I haven't moved to New York or LA cause I'm poor, but I also haven't moved. Cause like, I love St. Louis. Like I, I enjoy being from here. I like our scene. I enjoy like running shows here, like working at the clubs. It's like, it's, we have a good scene, man. I feel like, I feel like it's better than, uh, better than most. I can see that. Cause, uh, where else did I go in your city? Kansas City doesn't really have a scene as much as much as you do. No, they don't have as much, but they do. They're growing. They just got an improv shop. You, you know, what I mean, they, like the, improv oh, the improv shop, shop they, too. They, ah. the improv shop just opened there. And dude, there's a, there's a bunch of great comics there. Have you done the Rhino? No, I'll do it. I'm after this. Remind me, I'll message you Aaron Scarl. I can't say his last name, but uh, it's so hard to say. It's like, Scarl-ar-ar-ar-ar-ar-ar. Uh, but he runs a show at the Rhino, dude. I'll get, I'll get you in there, dude. It's one. I was like one of the first headliners that club kansas city has a good scene and do they there's that's probably my favorite city to go right now as far as like me getting headline road work because they dude every one of those guys puts me on their shows they have a good afterwards they all hang out they all it feels it it's it's definitely like growing if you can feel the growth like you can feel it when you're there dude you should go man i'll, I'll give you a couple guys numbers after this please remind me yeah. you can go there and you can oh, do a, i like bring kansas. the shows oh it's a, i did three shows in a day there i literally did three shows I headlined three different shows. So it was like, it's a good city. It helps you out. It's like, helps you get stage time. It's cool. It's Shit. great. Yeah, man. Well, parting words. Hell yeah. What's your parting words? Well, parting you words. Promote everything. I'm Bob. It's easy. Find me at Bobby J Cox, B O B B Y J A Y C O X. That's my website. That's my Instagram. That's my Twitter. Uh, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. Other than that, I would say, make sure you keep following John, follow both of us. We're both going to make it. We're both, very early on successful comics. Eventually we'll have a podcast together, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, buddy. Well, hey, you take care. Have fun painting that nursery, buddy. Yeah, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a task. Yeah. Well, good talking to you, buddy. Take yes, care. Sir, man. Thanks. This episode of Friday Late Show was produced and edited by Jeremy Demery of Golden Ox Studios.